Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Tyree T has obviously been in that lineup and he has struggled with confidence. Um, he has the shot. Uh, he went off against Missouri and really brought them back in that one, but he has not been consistent. To Ty Ziegler uh, has not been consistent from three. I think he's shooting 31% to this point, but when he's on, that's a different thing that he's just been so critical as a facilitator. That's been more of his bread and butter. And Antio Gavescovi has just been it. And then, like I said, with Josiah Jordan James missing a lot of time, he's definitely the team's second-best three-point shooter um, and just not having him. And then you have bigs who don't face the floor, like Jonas Adu, Yuris Pladzic, um, Sabah Iwaka. They're all important, good bigs, but they're all bigs that uh, don't face the floor. So when Barnes is having to play um, two of those guys together a lot, or Olivier Kamwa, you just have multiple non-shooters on the team. And I don't think that's what Barnes wants to do. And I think the best five-man lineup that he would prefer to roll out, and especially close with, he just hasn't had it at disposal. And there's usually four shooters on the floor that you have to keep up with at that point. But it just they just haven't had those guys available all at the same time over the last month. So if Vescovy is the most dependable player, then um, you said there's been inconsistency and they're really known for their defense. If you're at the end of the game situation, who are you, who are you putting the ball in their hands if it's not Vescovy? And it's not Vescovy. I mean, I think Rick Barnes is still struggling with that. Um, I think it just if we have Josiah Jordan James is probably the answer here. You would hope, um, and I think a lot of fans hope going into the year it would be Julian Phillips, the five-star kid coming in, that he would be that kind of guy. And I think there's still a possibility to be for him to be that come tournament time, just because he is so good at drawing fouls um, when he drives and cuts and this that and the other. He's just He's really smart about that sort of thing, and he's just done a really good job of that. Uh, even when he is not um, being aggressive offensively, he still is able to get to the line at, uh, at a strong margin. So you would hope you put the ball in his hands. He can go to work and just draw fouls, and he's a good free throw shooter, and that's just probably where you want to go. But if you're looking for a knockdown shooter outside of SQB that you feel comfortable putting the ball in their hands, it's Josiah Jordan James, and then it just gets, it gets really, really iffy after that. Now, something I thought was really interesting with Tennessee, too, is we know their offense uh, has had throws, as you just mentioned, but uh, they're one of, if not the worst team in the SEC, at getting to the free throw line. They don't shoot a whole lot of free throws, and Arkansas has actually had a problem when it came to playing teams that they get them on the foul line a lot. What's been the reason there? Has it just been they don't drive a whole lot? That's not really their game? Because uh, I was a little surprised to see that they're uh, dead last in the SEC in free throws attempted this year. Yeah, it's one of those where the team, uh, like I, kind of how I alluded to it earlier with Rick Barnes and how he's kind of evolved this offense to be a lot more of a three-point dependent group. Um, that's been a big part of it is they do prioritize the three. They do try and find corner threes and do different things at the top of the key to hopefully find some good looks for guys like Vescovy or um, even Tyree Key or uh, uh, Zakai Ziegler coming off pin downs, different things like that. But it's just they don't have a lot of drive guys. Like the Kai is usually when he's going in the lane, he's looking to pass. He's not looking to draw fouls when he's driving. Kennedy Chandler was more of that guy last year. Um, and like I said, with Julian Phillips missing a lot of time of late, that's been a big uh, reason as to why the, the free throw shooting has gone down. It's also, they don't have big to really, uh, you feel comfortable just throwing it down and going to work offensively and drawing fouls like an Oscar Sheepway um, or somebody like that or Zach Eady. Um, Jonas, I do is, a great defender, great uh, rebounder. 
Euros the same way, but those guys don't really draw fouls and you don't really feel comfortable posting them up. And uh, that's just kind of how they play. And then just like Jordan James, you're playing a lot of small ball four or five. It's just facing around the top of the key and shooting a lot of threes. And when those are going in and Tennessee is how they usually are defensively, they're a really, really tough team to beat. But when those shots aren't falling, it's, uh, it's an ugly, ugly situation oftentimes. Last game at home, but it is a Tuesday night. So what have the crowds been like this year, and what kind of crowd are you expecting tonight? I think it's going to be a big, uh, fun, hostile environment. This is it. Uh, last home game of the season for these guys. A lot of a lot of seniors who it doesn't look like will be coming back next year. So that's going to be just like Jordan James, uh, Euro, and Olivier Kamwa. It looks like they're probably all going to be moving on after this. But we'll, I guess we'll see on maybe Josiah, but um, it's a lot of integral or, uh, guys in this program over the last several years that uh, this is it for them, and it's a big game. And I think uh, we've seen in the past these games are highly competitive, and both teams have a bunch to play for because Tennessee is kind of on that bubble of getting that double bye heading into the quarterfinals. Um, in the SEC tournament, they have to kind of hope. I mean, you want to go undefeated and you're fine, but Tennessee ends their season at Auburn and then Arkansas tonight, and Arkansas is a top 15 in Palm team, and I think their record is deceiving, and both schools have a lot to play for, for uh, not only seeding in the SEC tournament, but seeding in the NCAA tournament as well, with Tennessee um, fighting for a number three seed, um, trying to hang on for dear life at this point. But um, I think it's going to be a big-time atmosphere because Tennessee cannot uh, afford to drop both of these games over the next week and um, at Auburn looming on Saturday, which is always a tough place to play. You really, really want to have this one. So I think the atmosphere is going to going to match that kind of sense of urgency for the ball. Is there any kind of theme for the fans? Uh, all orange, all white, checkered, anything going on like that tonight? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, because I know that uh, these are trying to see senior nights. Arkansas has always tried their red out, which I can't stand because it's about 18 different shades of red. Nobody can figure out what the color red is for Arkansas <laughs> for some reason. So that's annoying. But uh, I, I do want to say, though, that with Rick Barnes, I think he's a great coach. And, of course, he went to the Sweet 16 uh, in 2019 with uh, the Volunteers. But considering how successful they've had as far as seasons go and the success they've had the past few years and even this year, is everybody kind of feeling like, hey, you got to make it to the Sweet 16 or there's going to be some issues there? Because I know it's tough to win in the NCAA tournament, but I am sure that uh, Tennessee basketball fans are like, hey, this is all well and good in the regular season, but we got to do something a little bit more in March than just having an early exit. I think Tennessee fans are feeling that, but I think part of what's helping Barnes and Tennessee fans feel a little better at this point is just the injuries have really derailed where the team was going into the early part of February where you have eight losses, you're still looking good for a three-seed. Um, I think, by and large, most fans are okay, because if you look at the history of Tennessee basketball, it's not like this is a tradition of making Final Four to Final Four. Um, as much as we would like, we like to make fun of Kentucky uh, over here and beating Kentucky and how fun it is, generally speaking, outside of this year, which we don't need to talk about. Um, it's just not that kind of program. So I think there's a lot more pressure on the football program to kind of get back and uh, with Heifel going into year three and uh, Tony Vitello with the target on their back. And I know with the rivalry between Arkansas and Tennessee in that front, that's another high intensity where you want to win and you're the number one team all year. I just don't think the sentiment is the same with the basketball team. I think people are by and large happy, uh, especially when you look around 
the rest of the conference and around college basketball, especially this year, where there's really no true elite team at this point. I guess you could maybe argue Kansas with their amount of quad one wins, but I don't know. I think Tennessee fans, by and large, are happy. They would obviously like to see more offense. They'd like to see more consistency, but the number one Ken Palm defense, and they really established that identity. They win a lot of basketball games. It's just it's really hard to make a deep uh, NCAA tournament run. They just won the SEC uh, this past year, both in the regular season and in the conference. I think uh, Barnes is, is fine, but they would prefer to, uh, I think, see a little bit more offensive consistency at the very least. With the emergence of Tennessee baseball, more excitement this time of the year about Tennessee basketball or baseball? Uh, baseball, for sure. I think baseball, I think part of it is just I think a lot of fans don't believe this offense can uh, survive multiple rounds in the NCAA tournament. I think just that inconsistency there scares a lot of folks that they just they're not going to be able to score enough um, to, to pull it off. They, they went cold against Michigan last year. And the NCAA tournament went down to Hunter Dickinson and company, who had a big day, and that was it. Uh, but Tennessee baseball, uh, look, they just got Ahuna uh, back into the fold, so he's making his debut tonight. Uh, big time transfer from Kansas. So that should be exciting, and they arguably have the best starting rotation in baseball in Chase Burns, Chase Solander, and Drew Beam. I uh, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of optimism that Tennessee can get back to Omaha this spring and that Sonny Vitello has this program clicking on all cylinders, and a championship in baseball seems the most likely of the big three sports here in Knoxville. I think most folks, if they had to, you had to poll them around here, which one they think would bring home a title the fastest, I think they would say Tennessee baseball. So I think there's a lot more intrigue and uh, a lot more, uh, a lot higher expectations on that front. I was going to ask you uh, what's what happens first: uh, Tennessee baseball wins a college world series title, or Tennessee football wins the SEC title. What do you think happens first between those two? I think just because of where Georgia is with the football program at this point, and Alabama and LSU, and just the arms race in the SEC, it's just going to be when we flip over to a nine-game conference schedule, and we'll still see what if Tennessee loses scholarships because that NCAA stuff got kicked down the road. Uh, even further, so I don't know what that's going to look like for Tennessee the rest of this year, or if that will be resolved um, in the next year or two, but I think a lot of that just depends on what Nico ultimately is uh, for this program. If Nico is as advertised, and I could see it. Um, I think the talent will be there. They're, they just finished up the top 10 class in 2023. We'll see if Heifel and company are able to do that again, but it's just it's hard to get to Georgia's and the Ohio State's of the world in this, in this sport. And I think with baseball and the arms they have and the way Tony Vitello is recruiting at this point, my hunch is that it would be Tennessee baseball before football and then basketball a distant third there. Yeah, well, we, uh, we'll appreciate uh, you guys holding on to Tony Vitello until uh, Dave Van Horns arrives, uh, retires, and he'll come over to Arkansas. So uh, y'all have all the oh, success. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Arkansas fans, would they want that? Would they want Tony V back? Hey, winning cures a lot. And uh, Tony Vitello, say what you want about him, but the guy does win. And so uh, I think that people would definitely welcome him back. But that's a few years down the road before we even have to start talking about that. But, Chase, really appreciate you joining us, man. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, good luck on your podcast, man. And uh, I guess we'll catch up with you later down the road. Thank you, guys. Go ball.